finished this up this morning about four o'clock, and then I cheated on next week. Next week is outstanding. Cancel culture next week because that's going to be really interesting. I, I watched it. Stan sent out that first sermon. Jeremiah preached on it. He preaches on it. Man, I read about half that chapter sitting there this morning in the chair about 530, 435, whatever. Uh, it was excellent about how, how that works what's going on in the world today and all that kind of business. But we'll get to that next week. Today uh, is a biblical prophecy, end times people. What are end times people like? End times people. What what do end times people look like? Why do we need to know that? So it's all about relative to uh, are we in the end times? And I jotted down the objective on my piece of paper here. Objective is for, for this lesson, lesson is to see if the times that we're in right now, described in these verses, described in these verses, presented uh, are present in today's world. See if the, the times, quote unquote times, end times people, see if these things are present in today's world. That's uh, And I really think this whole series of lessons, all six of them so far, uh, have kind of been a, who was it, tell, was it Edgar Allan Poe wrote Telltale Heart? It's a telltale sign of, you know, of things to come. And I've erased it. Edgar Allan Poe wrote the race. So that's kind of all right. You remember that timeline I had up here? Church A started, you know, uh, rapture, seven years, thousand year reign, heaven, all that. You know, David, that's not a bad thing to leave permanent. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Steve, that when we get through with this, we're gonna go back and grab one of them about that. Okay. One of these series, because uh, Brent sent me a text. He wanted that one day, and uh, I can take a picture in that, like I sent to uh, Brent, and I can put it on group me when we get going with that. And it is pretty cool. I mean, it's, it, it, that stuff fascinates me. I'm very interested in it. I'm interested in it more in that than profiling the criminal minds. I mean, you know, y'all told me I'd watch a serial killer stuff and all that. Y'all got on me. I'm way more interested in the end time. Than I am. And I'm looking different than our church members. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, that's really good. Do all right, let me read the preface of the chapter here that kind of sets the, sets the stage here. It says, Our world is changing and not for the better. Jeremiah writes, People are becoming more callous, selfish, violent, and angry. Attitudes and behaviors deemed unthinkable even a decade ago are now considered acceptable. Think about these things. Common courtesy is increasingly uncommon. Cordiality is no longer in our lives or in our vocabularies. The world is broken and it seems to be getting worse. As individuals, families, and a society, we are experiencing a breakdown that feels irreversible. Increasingly, we uh, prioritize, listen to this, we, increasingly we prioritize self, money, and pleasure over God. And I tell you, I told y'all last week kind of got on me, that, that that statement right there really bothers me about myself. Am I, am I, am I, uh, what do you need? Uh, we got some right here. Hey, get Gary Good morning. Come on in. Rodney, Rodney bathed this morning, I think. <laughs> if he didn't, Martha would scald that tail for him. 
That may be way more than I would have I think I, Rodney, when you said, I think I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Let's get back here. Y'all don't got me sidetracked with it. Yeah, I think they come to see train wreck, me and Rod. We're, we're like Laurel and Hardy, ain't we, son? Thank you. Well, we got you last week yeah. and you wasn't here. <laughs> we're going to sign you up for that 099 class of texting, is what we're going to do. I'm going to go back and watch it. You should have been there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, no, we're just making fun of it. Well, we're not going to lie to you. All right, let me get back started here. It says, uh, as individuals, family side, we're experiencing a breakdown that that feels irreversible. Increasingly, we prioritize self, money, and pleasure over God as we stretch uh, toward what the Bible refers to as the last days. Those are in those two passages I got on the board there. We find ourselves trying to navigate our way through a very unfriendly world. A world of people that the Bible actually describes as worse and worse. That's in 2 Timothy 13. If you'll notice, I got 1 through 5 and 13. We'll, we'll knock that in the head as we go. How do we, he asked a couple of questions here that are a question here, this rhetorical. How do we survive in this growingly hostile and growing? And more importantly, what can we do as followers of Christ to stem the tide of evil in our world? So what all, what all does that mean? Let's just go on and read 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy uh, 1 through 5 and then drop down to 13. These are, my Bible titles this perilous times and perilous men. This is uh, Paul writing now, of course, 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be, listen to this, there's 13 of these characterizations these characteristics, there's 13 of them. And Jeremiah in this lesson is going to group those into three different groups. So just pay attention. So in the last days, these things are going to be going on. For men will be lovers of themselves, check. Lovers of money, check. Boasters, I'm not going to check them all because there's 13 checks, okay? Boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and I'm glad we got teachers in here today about the disobedience of parents. So we're going to talk about that. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, uh, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but defying its power. And from such people, turn away. And then drop down to verse 13. And he says there, let me find it here. But evil men and imposters, imposters will grow worse and worse. So what do they say out there in spring back? It ain't getting any better. They grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I mean, you can't not see that going on in the world today at and I jotted down here, what does this passage, passage say to you? After listening and following along with those 13 uh, characteristics that we talked about, we're going to group, like I said, we're going to group those 13 into three different sections here. Uh, but what comes to mind when you when I read that and you follow along, <coughs> read it, reading it to yourself? Sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah. It kind of does. It says that reading the newspaper. kind of does. 
So if, if it's Sodom and Gomorrah and we're reading the paper today, we're adding one and one together and coming up with what, two? We're living in... Oh, I just said it sounds like a Democratic pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Rodney Hollis. Uh, that's not, uh, can't argue. But you know, I mean, people love money. If people have disobedient kids, I know some really good folks that got disobedient kids. I, I taught some really good folks that got disobedient kids. In fact, I paddled some really good folks that's got some disobedient kids, you know, that, uh, you know, that I like. What else? What else comes to mind? Sounds like Sodom Gomorrah. It sounds like the political world today. Faith without works is dead. It is dead. This, this, this is death here. What else comes to mind? It's just, it's just religion. There's no substance to it. Talk about religion, but there's just no, no substance. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of shallow. And, and I think that was covered in verse 13. Yep. Getting worse and worse and deceiving and being deceived. They're being deceived thinking what I'm doing is good. With also some ulterior motives, I'm going to get rich. Who doing others? That, 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 that was a bonus for me. Let me ask you this. According to verse one, when is this time of occurrence of these perilous times? Why is it relevant for this series of lessons we've been going on? Verse one of chapter three, right there, second Timothy. What does it say? In the last days. Let me read John Calvin here what he says. John Calvin says, uh, the hardness, he wrote this, and John Calvin was a while back, back in the 1800s, I think. Might have been prior. But the hardness or danger of this time in, in, is, in Paul's view, to be not war. It's not when war is going on or famine or diseases nor any other calamities or ills that befall the body, but the wickedness and depraved ways of men. Listen to that. John Calvin says Paul's not talking about this, this, this mess going on during the Depression, during Vietnam or Korea, World War II, Iraq, Iran, the Gulf War. It's not talking about the crash of, of the stock market. He's talking about, but the wicked and depraved ways of men. This comes about because men are wicked. Not because some external forces pounding me. I get mad and do, I get mad and say, I get mad and show my tail, whatever, whatever sin I, it's because it's in here one man. And that's what Calvin says. And I can't agree more. I don't agree with everything he says, but I wholeheartedly agree with that. So let's look at this. Notice the progression of these 13 characteristics. Notice the progression. Here's Roman numeral A in these three. I told you we're going to divide them up into three. Look at verse two. I think my. Uh, all right. We inform the Bible. Verse two. It says, for men will be. This first section is selfish people. Selfish people. So we, we, we this is, see if you can see selfishness in, this, in these characteristics. And we're going to read some of these twice because uh, the next one is uh, splintered families. And the next one is uh, shattered societies. 
That's what we're breaking these 13 down and grouping them up in. See, uh, see a first one if you see selfish people. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous. We're going to stop there because the next one starts the family. But can you see where selfish people fall into place there? There's five of them right there. How do, how do you know these people are selfish from verse 2? Stopping before you get to disobedient parents. What are them five characteristics? Lovers of self. What else? Lovers of money. Prideful. Boastful. What was that last one? Blasphemy. Yeah, I like the different translations. Abusive. Abusive. Yes, I doubt. Does that all look like today's world? Does that look like the United States of America? Does that look like Cobb County? Or Lauderdale County? Or Northwest Alabama? You know, he gets to talking about narcissism. Y'all know what narcissism is? An excessive love of oneself. An excessive love of oneself. I don't know if there's been another time. I know it hadn't been in my 56 years of living. And I, I assume this stuff ebbs and flows through history. All right? But in the last 80, 90, 100 years in the United States, has it been a more narcissistic age than we're in right now? Let me read uh, what I underlined here. And I want you to agree or disagree. Uh, Find what I've got. Top of page 122. Okay. Nothing perhaps uh, represents a more modern narcissism better than social media. We're going to stop right there. What's the worst thing about social media? If you had to number the worst thing, everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got a voice. All right. Well, let's go off. Let's get on to that branch on that church. Everybody's got a voice. What do we do with that voice? Kind of make ourselves. You know, and sometimes it's innocent. You know, I mean, I some followers. We went to see Cleveland Mac a couple years ago down here in Jefferson City. I don't know what they call it now. The Jefferson City Center. And Allison put a picture on whatever. You know, hey, we had a great night. You know, and somebody might look at that and say, well, they're bragging. They got to go see Fleetwood Mac. You know? And you, yeah, I, and, and then then you might say, let's say somebody looks at that. Well, crap. How do they afford to do all that? You know, you see how it works? Because the enemy's not going to let that let. If I see you Somebody on vacation for the eighth time, you know. Quit looking at this. You know, this or that. You just keep a look at my kids doing this. He's hitting four hundred. He's doing that. He's he's there. You know. You know what ticks me off? I don't know about you guys and coaching here. Uh, the thing that ticks me off. I'm so honored to have an off on social media. Gosh, mighty. If your kid does that. Pop him in the dang nose. I didn't see Bo Jackson do that. Crap, he could play. Right? Well, exactly. They're being looked at. Well, everybody, what, what, let's just say that it happens in a high school athletic team. You've got a stud basketball player. 
what happens if that guy keeps putting out there, I, I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that. What about them other four that start? It happened in Cobb County back in the early 80s, or early 2000s. Had a really good player. Lived across the road from my mother and dad law. Of course, social media wouldn't be, but the whole team was jealous of him. He ended up going to Northwestern or someplace, I mean, up in the big team. He could play him. But the whole team hated him because they were jealous. I'm going to ask a question. I don't have social media. I only have a cell phone. So I don't, I'm not. Is it over like that? But what's wrong with that? Don't take, don't no. take, don't take control no. of what you've been saying. You can't say it. Yeah. Well, well, what, if, if you're not what the, shall we say, the woke crowd or culture crowd, whatever that is, don't they cut you off? Just, if you've got a big enough voice. It all depends on how many people. That's why they're roasting up Joe Brother. He's got. I got a friend who gets put on time out all Yeah. <laughs> if you've got X number of followers and you're pretty boisterous and loud about it, yeah, they can be here next week. We're going to talk about the camps culture. Well, if you start talking about Jesus and other stuff like they'll that, they'll cut you they, loose, man. They they they'll cut you loose. Well, that's, that's, that's true. I also have some friends that actually lift up the Lord and say, oh, yeah. what's going on in their life? And how the Lord is well, and you know what about Facebook and all this other stuff? If it was if it was used correctly, but the enemy can take anything like that and use it. Absolutely. He can use going on a mission trip somewhere if we allow him to. Yeah. And he has. You know, he can use feeding the people who can't eat. Look at all what you did. Yeah. I mean, he just he 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 takes every advantage. Every every little so let me keep reading here. This is what Jerry and I jotted down better pick up your feet here, stepping on toes, you know, mine too. He says, perhaps nothing presents modern narcissism. And I tell you, this is bad. The only thing I got on social media is Twitter. And my kids, I got it because John David and Hogan were playing college baseball, and I wanted to keep up with say the teams that they were playing against, see how they were doing. And now Hogan don't play anymore. He has one more year of eligibility, but but he, he got married and they then they got pregnant and, and then they have a kid born April first last year in the middle of the season. So at the end of the season they said, Dad, we're coming home. You know. And it broke my heart. I mean, I thought, crap, he got one more year, man. It's free college. But I get online every day and look at Twitter and Montefala down there, they're they're five and oh right now. That was about half the games they won last year. And I'm jealous. You see what I'm saying? They're doing wonderful, and I'm glad for those guys, but I'm jealous. Crap, why couldn't they be 5-0 last year when Hogan pitched? You see how it works? That's me, all right? Because I'm stomping my coach. Let me keep reading. Perhaps nothing better represents modern narcissism better than social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram allow us to constantly crow about our own success, Jeremiah writes, while simultaneously slashed away at the achievements of others, often through anonymous comments and online bullying. Social media is a stronghold for selfish people. It is. Splintered families, Roman numeral number two. Look at uh, what are the characteristics that Paul tells us will be going on in the last days. Look at verses two and three. I'm going to read two again and three because they're, they're all in there. Well, just start at disobedient to parents in, in verse two. 
disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despises of good. Do you see any uh, issues of a splinter family, family there? What are them five? Disobedient to parents, got any unthankful kids, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Unforgiving is, 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 is at the core of the cancer culture. All right. I jotted down here, uh, what are the characters? What's the opposite of these five? Somebody tell me what's the opposite of disobedient parents? Obedient. I'm gonna tell you, man, it probably, I might've been disobedient to my mother and my daddy, but I didn't do it in front of them. They put my tail in. I mean, I didn't get many from my daddy. I didn't want any from my daddy. My daddy bothered me. I mean, bother me like I ain't messing with it. I ain't, I don't want it. I got it. Most of them I got from my daddy was whop on the rear end and be done. You know, it ain't like, hey, I remember, I remember one laid on across that bed right there when I get this belt. He tore my tail up, you know. And I don't even, I remember the whipping, but I don't remember what it was for. And, uh, you know, and I got them. And it didn't, you know, I needed them. I got paddles. I tell Wade Dover to be sitting up there in a minute. Me and Wade, I grew up Wade. We started first grade. I believe every paddle I got except for two I got in high school. He got one right for me. I was a follower, and me and him got in more trouble than you should stick in. Trouble for throwing violins in the classroom. I mean, just I mean, just whatever you can name, we got got a, got a pattern for taking a leak outside Spring Valley one time. I mean, you name it, we got a pattern about it. But uh, let me just read some of this stuff that Jeremiah's got. Children will be disobedient, willfully. They will do what they want to do, casting off oversight and authority. You boys that teach school, y'all seen any of that crap going on at school? Post nine year, I know you're retired, but you seen that in your lifetime? Donnie? Scotty? Leo? Anybody else in here teach school? I mean, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I got patterns, but you know what? I did not go home and broadcast that. That's not the first thing I talk about when I walk in that door every day. Back to business, I have yet, and I'm 56 years old, I have yet to tell my mother and daddy the days I got a pattern. I'm sure they figured it out. Because my mother was down there at school very regularly. But you got, you know, you know, when I was paddling kids, I didn't call mom and daddy. Y'all still paddle the great stuff? Don, Leo, y'all? Leo says no. Can you imagine a school without being, without, and I'm not on Leo's school. That's the nature of the beast. I tell you, I taught school for 25 years. That cat right there, 25 years, 10 in Tennessee, and X number of years in Mississippi, so we're pushing 40, correct? Have you ever seen a kid die from a paddling? Have y'all ever buried one after he got a paddle? Y'all ever buried one after somebody got a paddle? We should have prayed a little harder. <laughs> somebody needs to lay some more hands on you. But last one, I got, I got in trouble. I got a paddle in from the assistant principal. Went to Phil house, coach paddling. 
I got home. My dad got home. He three times. Three times. I didn't do three times. The last, I believe, the second to last pattern I got was in about the tenth grade. We're playing baskets, basketball practice. We was in there. He clowning around, throwing basketballs at each other. And if you've been to Lee's gym up there, they got a window at the coach's office. I reared up and threw one down there in the boy, and he ducked and he hit the window. And Fowler was in there. Ike Fowler, he looked out there and he said, come on in here, dude. All I had on between me and the Lord was a pair of shorts about this like, like that right there and a jock strap. We actually wore jock straps. And when I got in the shower that day, them boys were hee-hawing in there because my butt was as red there was a stripe across my tail. Red hoodie shirt. They were, I mean, they were on the ground. And he and he looked at me and said, I'm going to take it easy on it because I know you ain't got any clothes on. I mean, you might as well just start raving naked because that's what he did, you know. And I needed it, I guess. But uh, disobedient, let me keep going. Ungrateful. Y'all ever meet any ungrateful kids at school? Ungrateful kids at school? Yeah, but you don't have to be a kid nowadays. About no. It's exactly. So what does that tell us? Sign of the times. I don't have it up there. Steve's right. I wish I had it. A sign, Steve. I mean, we may get one. I might get one made, like at a sign store. Uh, it just keep up here. When we go through that next lesson, that wouldn't be a bad idea. So you just always reference back. To me. Let me keep going because we got to go. The third word is unholy. Listen to this. In this context, that uh, implies lack of respect. I tell you what now, that may be my biggest pet peeve. I've got I've I've got no kids in front of mom and dad for being ugly to. I, I you're not going to be ugly to. Ain't nobody in here going to be ugly to. You will respect me, or we can go across the road over and we can I, I'm just disrespect just just flies all over me. You may not like me. And that's fine. But you, I, I will be respected at school, I can promise you. Uh, John David told me once again, yeah, you, you know, people kind of think you're the kind of standoff or something. You know, they need to respect me. I'm not their buddy all day. When their parents roll up in there, Lockett, Jimmy Lockett told me one time, when they come up here, man, they're not here to be your friend. Y'all not swapping Christmas cards that day. So lay it out there and tell them like it is. Be kind about it. Be respectful about it. And there's methods of doing all that. But, you know, ungrateful and disrespectful, gosh, just fly. Is that going on today? Is that going on? We're disrespectful. You know, several years ago, we went to Washington, D.C. When, when two presidents ago was president. And we were there memorial day. And uh, Alice said, well, I signed us up to go on Monday. I said, Alice, that's Memorial Day. We're going to Arlington on Memorial. She said, what are they doing? You watch TV, man. You know, the president will be there speaking. She said, seriously? I said, yeah, we're going to go see the president. I got people in my family said, you're going to see him? I said, I'm going to see the president. I respect the position. You may not like that coach. You may not like that principal. You may not like that teacher. But that is a position. You may not like bread. That's a position. God's putting there. What does Romans 13, 1 say? There's no authority except given by God. God gave it to you. God gave it to Biden, whether you like him or not. You are to respect the guy. 
for you to respect that coach. Now, if you don't respect him, don't come here crying to me because your kids act a fool and don't respect you. That's Spring Valley there to me. I don't know. You know, if, if, if you got to show up to get it. Because what does Proverbs say? You reap what? What you sow. You show so respect. Now you can disagree respectfully. Ain't a problem. I like Alabama. Steve likes all. We disagree respectfully. I love that guy. You know, I, I respect him. I, I like ain't nobody's business. I look up to him. Well, who don't need more prayer? I do. They just had five two in my office the last two weeks. They, they had respect for me for the life and respect for God. And I caught some water with Alabama. But you can still think that they would be some sort of appreciation. You're talking about in this Bible belt we're living around here? And I had two kids. One of them believes that there's no evil in the world. It's simply make that decision. We're going to come back and meet whatever they want to be. You talking about like after we die, come back? Yeah, be a butterfly or whatever. Oh, no. said, she said, Well, I don't really believe in God. I said, Well, she said, Well, because of that, I said, So you don't believe that the war of 1800s were fought? No, I didn't say it. I said, So what about the history of King Life? Wait, that is a lot of dope. I don't believe that. I said, You believe in the Bible? He said, Well, me not personally, but yes, I believe it. I said, Well, how do you do that? He said, Well, if you're a Christian, you believe in the Bible, it works for you. But I also believe that there's other things that's out there that I can believe in and get the same place that God is. And I thought, well, you said you didn't believe in God. He said, well, I believe in my God, not the God you're talking about. And exactly, that's what it was. A lot of mythology stuff. And I'm thinking this is water we were about. Yeah, really. Really. You see how this is working? You see how the enemy takes stuff? He takes stuff like the internet. And these guys look up this crap on the internet and get an opinion. What does the Bible say? The girls need to turn to the women, and the men, boys need to turn to the men on how to do things, how to raise kids, get advice. You know, I, I'm not turning to doctor. Was it Doctor Seuss in the '60s? Not the. Was it who was the doctor that wrote? Not not Green Eggs and Ham guy. Was it? But the other. There's some guy, you know, that, that wrote all these baby books. Dr. Spock. Spock, yeah. yeah. I'm not turning to that cat. I'm turning to Ulysses, but my granddad. And Jack is, but my daddy. And Jerry Underwood, Jerry Don Underwood, my dad in law. And Steve Butler and Tommy Whitehead, guys I, I love to death. Rodney, you just understand these guys that are older than me. This is what you need to do, dude. I can touch base with him every day of the week. I can't see my granddad since 77. My dad's been dead be seven years this year. Seven, seven years this year. Dad will be dead. Mm, 16. I can't touch base with him. I can touch base with God. And God can, can use these guys to speak wisdom if I need it, if I want it. And if it's there, let me keep going. That's just, just disrespect. It very well could be. I don't have a problem believing that. Well, you know, it starts... Like, you know, they always say, if this if this relationship's not right, the vertical one, these horizontal ones is not going to be worth a, two poops in the world. Not going to be worth a flip. If your relationship with the Lord is not right, I can't, my life, my relationship with my wife is going to be sour. 
and my, my two boys and my two daughter-in-laws and my two grandkids, it's going to be sideways. This is the first priority, all right? And that goes right back to what you're talking about, Gary, I believe. Next word is, is unholy, unloving. The word is uh, translated elsewhere in the New, New Testament as heartless, <coughs> cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. I told you, I like in criminal minds and, and pro- you watch those guys and those shows, and you, you hear kids in school, man, he shot a cat, and it never bothers them. That's the ones you need to be watching. They'll shoot school. If they're heartless, they don't show emotion, and they, they, they not get mad. I'm talking about them ones that are stone-cold killers. They're, they're emotions, and that's what they're going to love. And the final word here is uh, unforgiving. Uh, which could also be translated truth breaker. Is it, does it matter in today's word that you don't hold up your word? My word is very valuable to me. And I tell you, if I, unless the creek rises, I, I, I'm 99 times out of it, and I'll, y'all say, I, and I apologize. But if I tell you something, I, I'm pretty much going to do it. I don't need to sign a bank contract. I don't need to go to there and do this. I know when I go to the bank, if I have to do this, that, no, I got to do it. But if I tell you I'm going to do something, I, I expect that out of myself. And that's just gone away. Really quick. Along those lines, one of the things that, that you notice, I've got kids that range from freshman high school to sophomore college. The lack of commitments. Oh. What you're talking about. Well, we talked about that with the transfer. What you're doing tonight. It's simple things, and it's just the. You know what I call that? Though? Got a better view. Yeah. Got a better view. Got a better view. You told me as well. I got something. Something else coming along a little better. Yeah. And it probably is better. What ain't better than going out with me as a girl when I was in college? But you know, just own up to. It. Tommy, you laughing at that? Integrity. <laughs> I thought it was too. Nobody got it. Me, me, I don't know what this says about it. Character, integrity. It's just no integrity, no character. Your word means nothing. You know, it's just, it is a problem. And it goes back to what I think is the biggest problem in, in schools, and you guys that teach school are retired lack of responsibility. I just you're not you're not being held accountable for what you do, and I don't know. And I see that it's gotten worse. You know, well, you know, Mama come up there and defend him to the death. He didn't mean to pull that knife and cut that guy's jugular in the third grade down there. Bull crap! You know, he did. You know, and they still do it. They got a feed eating things. We fed them two meals every day. And, you know, and most of them like it, but after a while, a couple of times we go outside the field house and feed plates. They don't let it. They appreciate it. So he just put a weapon back to stay outside for a week. Gross is good, man. I like it. I get it. You know, he, I heard it. And I told him in that lunchroom in two elementary schools I was at. Graphing about the food, I said, do this free to y'all, but ain't, ain't nothing in this world free. Somebody's paying for that. You know what irritates me too? This is a sidebar. 
They make them when they go through that line. They have to, quote unquote, have to require the law to get X number of items. Am I wrong, Donnie? So they get a box of raisins, take them right out and throw them in the garbage can because they're required to. That's free, uh, unlike the raisins. All right, the third thing, the uh, third thing here, shattered societies. Listen to what Tony Evans says. I'm not going to read all this because it's a page, but you'll see the process that he's talking about here. He said in a recent sermon, Tony Evans, uh, about the ripple effect. Y'all know what the ripple effect is? The butterfly effect, domino effect, it's all the same thing. Andy Andrews wrote a whole book about it. Andy Andrews was in Gulf Shores. I'm making down there in Birmingham. I'm in Montgomery one day. That's talking. Pretty cool guy. But it's you flap your wings here, and what does it affect down the road? Here's the ripple effect. Uh, shattered societies is, is this third one here. He said, if you messed up, if you're a messed up man, you have a messed up family. You're going to help. Uh, you're going to uh, help make a messed up family. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family and your messed up family goes to church, then your messed up family's going to make it a, its contribution to a messed up church. And if you and you can hear him kind of getting rolling here, you know, and if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family resulting in a messed up church causing a messed up neighborhood and your neighborhood's part of a city, well, now you're a messed up neighborhood is going to make it. It's contributions to a messed up city. And he keeps going on down and down and he gets to the last part. And he says, uh, if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family resulting in a messed up church, causing a messed up neighborhood that resides in a messed up city, that's part of a messed up county that's contributing to a messed up state that's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, contribute to a messed up country and your country's part of the world, well, now your messed up country is going to make its contributions to a messed up world. Now let me read. And more, and, and, and the more broken families we find, Jeremiah writes, we find this society, the more broken that society will be. So what is he telling us here? Take care of Start right Helen, I didn't look it up. I just now thought of the Lord, just now thought of it laying on my mind. What is that quote by Helen Keller? I am one, only one, and all I can do is, is it Helen Keller that said that? Something like that along those lines. All I can basically, all the premise of the whole, whole quote is, only the only person I can take care of is me and I'm going to do it. No matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what's going on, I'm going to do it. And the famous words of my daddy, probably before he tore my rear end, if everybody was doing it, if everybody was was uh, running a car into a block wall over, would you do it? Just because, in essence, just because everybody else doesn't make it right. You know, my quote to my two boys is, hey, dude, this ain't math. A negative times a negative ain't a positive. And I ain't figured out how that works yet. But a negative times a negative is a, is a positive. This ain't math. Two wrongs don't make a right. It just, it multiplies, it keeps getting wronger if you know what I'm saying. Let me read what he read, uh, said here. That's what we see in the final section, this uh, scattered uh, scattered uh, societies. And he says in the final section, there's 19 descriptors. The culture in the last days will be dominated by slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers, good, uh, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godlessness, but defying his power. That's three through five. And he says here, where do we go from here? So because we got, uh, what was it, scattered societies, uh, splintered families, and what, uh, selfish people, what do we do? How, what do we do? What are we going? I always, and my question is, what do we do? And how do we act in response to this? Right? What do we do because of this mess that's going on in the country? What do we do with this mess going on at my high school or your school or your family? You know, what do we do? I'm going to read this story right here. It's about two paragraphs. Ben Frank, pretty cool. I've never heard this. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Supposedly, true. let's take a, a page from Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, in his autobiography, Franklin, Franklin describes the darkness that filled the streets of Philadelphia in his day. It was pitch black at night. You don't want to know what that's like. Come out to my house. I can get away from the house. Cause you can get out there and you can bat your eye. You know, I get back in the field too behind my house. I told somebody the other day, I said, man, I had, I had game cameras back there, you know, see if there's any deer. I said, I'm always a little weird to get that SIM card out of it because I'm afraid Bigfoot's going to be in there. You know, because if I've got Bigfoot, I don't know if I thought y'all sticks bring him down like it do with a dozen deer. But anyway, it's pitch black. And he says, it was pitch black at night, and people were stepping into mud puddles and stumbling over rough stones. Even worse, crime was increasing. And it wasn't safe to be outside after sunset. Franklin waged an intense campaign because of how dark it was and dangerous it was, not only by stepping in a hole in essence, but being leery of criminals because of all that goes on with darkness. He, he, he started a campaign to, to pray, uh, persuade everyone to light an area outside their house, but he got nowhere. He said he planted it, so he just did it himself. He said uh, he planted a, uh, he said he finally did it himself, but, but only in front of his own house. Very interesting in this study. I guess he was doing a study. He said that night in the city of Philadelphia, there was one house bathed with a warm glow. He took a lantern out there, filled it with kerosene, kerosene and lit it. And his the only house in Philadelphia that lit up right in front of him. He said he light a uh, lamp cast light on the street, giving passerbyers a feeling of well-being and safety. Last little paragraph. He said, the next night, another light house had a lamp, and then another. And pretty soon, the whole city, almost the whole city, was lighting the sidewalks in front of their own houses at night. Franklin learned something. Our, our example is often greater than our ad, uh, admonishments and campaigns. So what do we do? Because, because of, of, of the selfish people and and, and and the scattered families and the shattered society, what do we do? What did Ben Franklin do for his society? He did it. Hey, if it's going to be one, it's going to be one. And that's the bottom line. You know, you know, my daddy always said, you know, basically what he was saying, if everybody was at the bridge over there, would you do it? He said, basically what he's telling you, you need to take care of yourself. You do what's right, let the chips fall where they might. That's what you do. And that's what our charge is. As followers of Christ, we are to do what's wrong. And hey, if it happens, it happens. You know, let me keep going here. Uh, now, Ephesians 5 8. Y'all turn over there because we, uh, we got some stuff there. 
these are very, very poignant passages. Five chapter, uh, chapter five, verses eight through ten. He says, uh, "Of course, now we're, we're focusing. What do we do now? I mean, where do we go from here? Because of all this mess is going on. What do we do? Look at verse eight. Paul writes to uh, the Ephesians, the church at Ephesus. He says, "For you were once darkness, but now you are light. What's the charge? Walk as children of light. That's the charge." He says, for the fruit of the Spirit is it? Did I, did I write that wrong up there? Did I, is it right? Did I get it wrong? Yeah. Uh, it says, walk as children of light. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out that it is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So what do we do? Where do we go? I jotted down, he, he brings out here, remember the grace that you received. I tell you, I don't know about y'all, but it's hard. I told y'all about Little Lester. Little Lester's back out there at Hat now. A little round, little roly poly now. Like fifth grade, still a knucklehead now. A little Lester, you know, when I got on my phone shooting that bird behind that teacher taking the selfie, and I paddled him, paddled him, and paddled him. You know, he had a little brother that died. Little Lester's mother got money from his little brother dying and went and bought Mercedes. That's what she spent that money. We took a Christmas gift to Little Lester out down Sex Street, a man living in a dirt floor house. That might be the only one I've ever been in. I'm not, I'm not quite old enough to remember dirt floor house. I've been in Saline too, but not a dirt floor house. And then them women would get mad at me because, you know, Lester needs to go to the house. I said, put yourself in Lester's shoes. I wasn't born in there. My daddy worked his tail off out here forward. Fed me, clothed me, spanked me, took care of me, loved me. I didn't grow up in that. Now, if I'd grown up in there, what would I be like? I'd probably be on a corner shooting bird, but teach too. You know, who would? So just remember the grace when we want to, when we want to throw. What do they call it nowadays? Throwing shade. I don't really know what that means. Back in my day, it was pounding on folks, making fun of them. If we want to dog them out, just, just put your, I tell us nothing. What we need to do is put ourselves in their shoes. We want to get on Thomas in the Bible, Daddy Thomas. He wasn't the only one piled out of there when they started putting nails in Jesus. Only one that stood was John. Yeah, but I know, you know the end of the story. Thomas and John and Peter didn't catch Peter especially. Peter didn't know the end of the story. They knew the end of the story, but you know, at that time it got a little crazy. So just just remember the grace that uh that you that you received. So it, it's it's easy to point fingers, but just remember that. Uh, and I jotted down how hard is that? I got a lot more story. Y'all, y'all think this is precious. Several years ago, my dad was still alive and still, still was mentally pretty good. So this is, I think Alabama was playing Texas a &M. So it was me, John David and Hogan, Jarrett and Jackson, which is uh, my nephews, and then Isaiah, another nephew, and my daddy and I were in the front living room of my house watching Alabama-Texas A&M game. 
In the back, in the other living room over there, Alice and mother was watching. So no, is that the only thing that works? But anyway, yeah. Now we don't do hard. My mother, my house can stand it hard. But anyway, for three quarters, Alabama was kind of getting. I think it might have been my Manziel's time, you know. And so they were getting it handed to them pretty good. And and and, and Isaiah, bless his heart, he was dogging up for three quarters. I saw her there. I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. That's a sorry thing. That's stupid. That's so stupid, that play right there. Why are they doing that? Can't block nobody. I word, man. You ain't never been on the floor. I get on pretty right. I got on them yesterday playing basketball. And John David had hollered out at me. I about had all that crap. I don't know why I told him. I don't know why I watched him. I needed a cigarette when he went off, man. I don't even smoke. But anyway, he was just ragging him, ragging him, ragging him. Poor wise that Now, what he had forgotten was he took his grandma's lawnmower and run it off in that pond up there. By the office. And then one day he was pulling in and trying to back a trailer out. And Mr. Underwood, before he died, put up two big old nice brick columns in the driveway. He told one of them up the truck. So he had about three quarters. I'd about heard all that crap. I could stand. So I said, He said, That's stupid. That's good. I said, That's that stupid driving that lawnmower off in that water there. My mom having to buy another. He kind of shut up. I said, Or how about stupid tearing up that brick column up there? Of course, it was deathly quiet in there. <laughs> Except for my phone dinging and my wife sending me a text. Shut the heck up. <laughs> she sent me a text message from right in there. I'll never forget it. But when I got to tell children when they go I had, you know, what we need to do is just remember how stupid we are. <laughs> Y'all can ask her about that. She'll get on me about that. I promise. But we have a tendency to forget the stupid things we've done. Right? So some of these... I saw this AOC thing on Fox this morning. We're going to turn Texas into a blue state. We're going to show them that. And I thought, buddy, you have no idea. That girl can't get out of the rain, man. She's 30, spent her life prepared, you know, debating nothing. You know, get, get a little age on her, see what happens. Of course, you know, I don't know about her anyway. Second thing is reflect on the light you have become. Look at verses 8 through 10 again. It says there, let me find it. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, as in a, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. Remember that. What's those three things? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. We need to remember those. Uh, goodness. Let me read page here because I'm just going to read this stuff because I need to hurry. Got a couple of announcements. Uh People of goodness, that's what we're exhorted to be. If the fruit of the Spirit shines in us, we will be people of goodness. Jeremiah writes here, this goodness is a characteristic of those who have been delivered from darkness and now are walking in light. Rodney and Woody became a Christian a little bit later in life. They got way better understanding of the darkness they were in. And I'm not, I'm not picking on those two cats. I got, I got saved 47 years ago, 46 years ago, 47 years of summer. I'm kind of clueless, man, before that. I have walked at dark times and continued to have dark days. But we don't need to forget. If it was not for the grace of God, I would have been born with Lester. And not over on Garth's Lane. <clears throat> where the mother and daddy would die for you know. So, so because of that, 
I spent 25 years in education trying to be everybody's daddy. Being tough on them and loving them. And they would look at me sometimes. I said, because if you think that's rough, you'll go over and leave them where I live them off online. You need to ask him two boys of mine what's rough. Because you're getting one dose. And if you want to see rough, then my wife can be rough. She, she's probably tougher on them than I am. She requires more. She may not be as, as loud about it and can snatch a knot in her tail as good as I can. But she, she, her expectations and the requirements are just as high or high. You know, so so don't forget that. Let's, let's, let's be good to everybody. It says elsewhere in the Bible, we see it stated like this. See that no one, this is 1 Thessalonians 5.15. See that no one renders evil evil to anyone. Paul had to put that in there. Because when I'm pitching, back when I was pitching, I, I didn't mind throwing it. Folks. It just didn't bother me. I'm kind of like Drysdale, Don Drysdale, you know, or Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson's mentality was you hit one of mine, I get two of yours. That's his, that was his mentality. And Drysdale's mentality was the best pitch in baseball was the second time you knocked that cat down, so he knew that first time was not a mistake. I kind of like it. But the Bible says that's not it. I couldn't talk Hogan into throwing at anybody. He said, Dad, that's not it. I said, well, son, you just, I'm not saying hit him in the head. Get them off of play. Get their feet moving a little bit. Don't allow them to be. But he's right. I was wrong, according to the Bible. But always pursue what is good for both yourself and for all. He says you are pursuing good for yourself and for all people. The righteousness of people. Last one here. He says, if our relationship with other people is as goodness, is, a, is one of goodness, our relationship with God is one of righteousness. Paul told Timothy, this is uh, 2 Timothy 2, 22 said, but, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness. What is our charge? To pursue righteousness. We are to get at And what was our question last week? Why do you do what? Why do you believe what you believe? You, you, you need to know that. I told y'all why I drive four trucks. I mentioned it a while ago. It fed me, clothed me. Housed me, kept me warm, kept me dry. I can't disown it. You know, I can't. Allison, why don't we drive forwards? I said, why don't I go? Why don't I go get a Kubota tractor? We'll talk about it. Because her mother, her daddy owned the tractor place. <clears throat> That'd fly like a turd in the punch bowl. That wouldn't go good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jim actually goes, no, you may leave it. Everybody needs to know a turd in punch. Uh, so, you know. Let's just, uh, we're going to end it up. Ask yourself, is this what we're doing? He goes back and he says, pursue uh, in, the, in, the, in those group of verses. When you pursue righteousness and you pursue uh, goodness, and you, what was the other one? Uh, when you pursue, you get active. It's active. You're being active, not passive. You know, I read a quote the other day on Twitter. It said uh, something to the effect, people all, everybody wants to be great, but nobody wants to work to be great. So it, it's, it takes a sacrifice. Now, I've read a lot of, not a lot of, I've noticed a lot of articles about the best players, whatever it is, golf, baseball, football, tiddlywinks, the amount of time and the effort they put in. 
Manny Ramirez would show up. God, I think he's one of the best hitters ever. I know he done some steroids, but they said he would show up. Man, he'd hit two or three hundred balls off the tee left handed. Then he'd just right hand. Just then his soft calls. Then his VP on the field. He'd have seven eight hundred swings for game start. Are you getting through seven hundred swings? Them guys, when I was coaching them up there, they thought fifteen was enough. Fifteen swings. Really? You know? Let me hurry up here. Uh, last thing, and I'm going to hush. Reveal the darkness you see. Reveal the darkness you see. And I forgot to put this up there. But since we're in Ephesians chapter 5, drop on down to verse 14, uh, 11 uh, through 14, rather. 11 through 14 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. He says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hmm. See that you walk circumspectly, uh, uh, I guess. Thank you. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Did I say 11? What did I say? 10? Never mind. I got to go back. I finished up with what I started with. Find uh, what I wanted to stop. Start with. Look at verse 10. I'm sorry. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have uh, no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Shun it. Get away from it. But with unfruitful uh, works of darkness, but rather expose them. Call them out. Wrong's wrong. Do you know what I found in John Davis' truck the other day? One-minute manager. Somebody in State Farm told him to read. I said, that's a pretty good book, dude. I read that about 35 years ago in college. And the whole premise of the book is I'm going to get on whatever Woody is doing wrong, but I'm not on Woody. I'm on his action. Whoever the employee is, action. Whoever the student. The student needs to know the action is wrong, but I still love it. It's a great way to parent, too. And that's what the Bible is telling us here. Expose it. Uh, for it is shameful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret. But all things are not exposed that are uh, are exposed. Are, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Let me read this in the office. Y'all ask me, if these guys ask me what this word was, don't ask me. I don't know. I try to look it up and get it, somebody to figure it out. I'm starting to write it up there. Because I'm when I point to that, that's where this is it. The word fellowship in that passage right there, 11, was that 10 through 14 or 11 through 14? 11 through 14, I think. The word fellowship in there in verse 11 is translated from the Greek word son something. The last part of the word means fellowship. From here back, this prefix "shn" right here is not the sun in the sky. It, it uh, is the word for with, W-I-T-H. So we are to be with those things, or we're not to be with those things, ever how it applies. He said it means uh, participating with someone in doing something. This verse tells us that once we become a child of, of light, we can no longer participate in those things that are, that, uh, who are, are or those who are doing the works of darkness. Neil, Neil Willis used to say, 
When he got saved, Gary, what happened to his friends? They vanished, man. They hit the trail like horse manure. They got, they just, they left. They wasn't, they wasn't, they wasn't part of that anymore. He didn't leave, they left. And that's what we're to do. We're to, we're to be light, we're to be loving light, but we're to, we're, we're to shine. And it ain't going to be fun. It ain't going to be great sometimes. Doing the right thing is not always great. It's tough. You know, you I, you know, you think I just woke up every day and spanked John David in the hole? First time I looked John David, man, I went in the room and cried more than he did. It's tough. You know what I mean? It's tough. It's tough being a Christian. That's why I always say, it's, it's, it's way tougher to be a Christian to play football. Basketball, baseball, even hockey. Probably it's way rougher than doing that decade rugby and that all straight road football, which I think is rough as God. You want to be a man, go play that stuff. Them jumps there, they'll rub the tooth and the heart. Laugh. Next week's cancel culture. We got to hurry. Uh, let's have a word of prayer again. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. And God, I pray that you help me to remember what I was like before your grace showed up. So I don't get all wound up and tore up. God, I was I was headed to hell as a nine-year-old boy or a 90-year-old man. It don't matter. Without you, we're nothing. And God, I, I pray that that never leaves my mind. God, I pray for this prayer request. I pray for our country. I pray, I pray for these licenses. Lord, I pray for this, this class. God, I, it's, it's, it's the best hour of my life. Lord, I love you and I thank you for everything you do. Lord, I ask these things in your sweet, precious name. Amen.